the antidote. 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 You're listening to the antidote with Dave Hawkins. With Christian music that doesn't suck. guarantee there's no pool party at my house tonight. Now it's been closed for the season since a little bit too cool for swimming. This is Dave Hawkins and this is The Antidote. There's no question that everybody has favorite bands and favorite songs. For me, Huntington's with their Ramon style punk music have always been up at the top of my list. Now I'd never had a chance to see the band play, so when I heard that Huntington's were doing a set at the Audio Feed Festival this summer, I had to go. Before the show, I met with Chris and Josh of Huntington's for a talk about why they adopted a Ramones vibe and how the band has managed to keep it all going for over two decades. But before we get into that, I've got the song Guilty from their Get Lost album queued up. Believe me when I say if any of you are a Ramones fan, you're going to have your allegiance challenged. You make me feel so guilty, baby. Why don't you stop it now? You make me feel so guilty, baby. Why don't you stop it now? Oh, 
visits with one of my all-time favorites the Huntingtons and we're joined by Josh and Chris I got it right that time didn't I yeah you got it I am Josh I'm Chris I think the Huntingtons chose probably the strangest career path ever I mean you know the bank began as a Ramones cover band and that really never ended so I guess as a band has there ever been any consideration for doing something different from what you do well it wasn't a Ramones cover band. What they were, I mean, that's just what people thought because they sounded so much like them and they would walk out on stage to, you know, the good, the bad, and the ugly. They were doing the Ramones thing very well and, of course, put out Ramones cover albums, but they're always their own band. I say they because I was a fan before I joined and, and I would go see them because the Ramones had already broken up and this was the next best thing, that kind of thing. But, no, I mean... Chris and I have played in other bands, and um, I, I was in metal bands when I was in high school and stuff, but the most fun is this style of punk rock. Even like the new school punk rock or whatever, like I don't think I would have fun playing it like I would, like I do with this. Just the Ramon style, the three chord punk rock, that's just, it's the most fun for us, so I think that's why we just would keep doing that. Yeah. It's the easiest too. <laughs> it's the easiest. <laughs> but I, I just remember, I think Mike was telling me, or somebody was telling me, like, back when they first really started diving, like, hard into that the style, like, the matching blue jeans and the matching shoes and the matching jackets and all that. It's like, if you're going to do it, do it 100% and, like, just go as hard as you can with it. They perfected it. You know, there's a million bands that want to sound like the Ramones, but, you know, Mike and Cliff kind of, you know, brought this band to... You know, a lot of people say sound even better than the Ramones, and I would never say that because they're my favorite band of all time. But you know, it's that, that you know they perfected it and they ran with it. There's no other band that does it better than than the Huntingtons. One, two, three, four. I wanna 
wanna be a robot. I 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 often ask bands about how well they're accepted. What about the Huntington's? What was the balance between negative and positive comments to your music? Over the years, you know, we're, we were not Christian enough for the Christian scene, and we were too Christian for the non-Christian scene, so that kind of kept everything just in the middle sort of like all those years like we never got huge in either world really i mean people know who we are but on the positive side of that we were looped into this ramones family now chris and i play with cj ramon and i got to play with joey and i was good friends with artura vega and um you know a lot of the people that were in the ramones family and the people that toured with them are our friends now so that's like the best positive we can take from it i would say is that we got to know all all those you know a lot of those people that were involved with the ramones or that were ramones and um now i think you know the best gig on the planet is going out on tour playing ramone songs because it's our favorite songs to play anyway and uh it's 2016 everybody's dead except for a few people and I think CJ's doing it the best out of out of the guys that are still living trying to do it. So it's fun to go. It's I love that part of it. You know, we can thank the Huntingtons for that opportunity, really, because he would probably not know who we were otherwise. You know, or give us the chance. But but it's also nice to be able to come out here to Audio Feed. Eleven years since we last played a Cornerstone Festival, and so that you can reconnect with your obsessed yeah. fan base. And, and, and really like running into, I already saw like five people that haven't seen in forever just today. I saw a bunch of people last night in Ohio that I haven't seen in like 15 years. Um, for me, that's really cool. Chris wasn't with us on those other tours, so he's meeting everyone for the first time, I guess. But a lot of it's just like people feel like they're just transformed back to 15 years ago when they see us now. and. They're like, man, I feel like I was like I'm in high school again or something. And yeah, it's like every message we get on Facebook is like, we're gonna party like it's 2000 again or it's like 1999 again. Like, it's cool, but it, I mean, it's cool for me because I never experienced this with these guys, and you know, I was off kind of doing my own thing, and you know, during that time, and you know, so it's cool coming out and meeting all these old guys that you know I've heard you know countless stories about and. And playing shows like this is just really cool and everybody's super, super friendly and it's cool. It's a really enthusiastic crowd out there, so. It's 
of Huntington's getting connected to Tooth and Nail. How did that come about? Well, actually, neither of us were in the band then. I, that happened a year or two before I joined the band. But at the time, the late 90s, Tooth and Nail was like where you'd want to be if you were in a punk or hardcore band that had anything to do with positive lyrics or just fun lyrics, but nothing dirty. You know, Christian messages, for sure, like in a lot of the early Tooth and Nail stuff. But um, also, I think just like stuff that you don't have to worry about your kids listening to, really. And that got that label to kind of just be real successful because parents were buying their kids these CDs and you could get them in regular music stores, you can get them in Christian bookstores. And um, and it was just, that was the label to be on. And so they, they went from like a small label, Flying Tard Records, that went under and they wanted to be on Tooth & Nail. And I, I think they just, you know, from playing so much and opening for bands that were coming through the area that were on Tooth & Nail. Like MXPX and Blenderhead came through town and, and they got to open up. And that was really how it happened, just from talking to people and just they wanted to be on that label. They were like, please sign us. And um, I can't really answer that question any better than Mike and Cliff probably could because they were the ones that took care of that. But Well, I know this is back preceding your time yeah, yeah. in the band, Josh, but here, follow-up question. Huntington's released five albums in a single year. That must have been insane for the guys. Yeah, it was, was it five albums? I know it was like, I we'll Get know. Lost to Plastic Surgery yeah. were recorded together. Yeah. So that was... They recorded the same time, those two albums, and they just put them up. out separately, um, but not very long after the other one. And then there was also a, another handful of songs that they did that were cut from other albums that they basically put together and put on a split CD with Darlington. So then I'm trying to think of what five albums. I know there's those three albums. The live album was, was that in the same time the period same. though? Wow, yeah. So that came out and that, that was actually, you know, not to give away any secrets, but that was recorded in a studio, but it was recorded live. That's what most bands do. So that's what, I know all bands. It's still. Oh yeah. They call it live. Yeah. Yeah. We There's didn't say the... live concert. We just said live. Yeah. It's funny because you, if you read really the liner notes, it's like, it's like recorded live downstairs at Nick's yeah. in Newark, Delaware, and I'm like, oh, where's that? And so like, I always thought about. It. I'm like, we should book a show there, and then come to find out, I'm like, oh, it's downstairs at Nick Rotondo's house in the basement where they were recording the songs. There you go. 
So it's it ruined it for me. Uh, it didn't ruin Same it for me. It's still so good. All the other albums, it was just rather than just you know doing the drums first and then doing guitar. You know, they just they actually did play it live, but in a studio. <laughs> <laughs> sort of live album the good the bad and the ugly was aloha it's you well josh and chris may not have been able to recall the five albums released over a year period but maybe that's because i was a little bit wrong they were actually released in just 13 month range here's the list in 1999 the good the bad and the ugly file under ramones and get lost 2000 had plastic surgery and the Huntington's Darlington Split CD. What an incredible amount of recording. Coming up, Rock and Roll Girl from Huntington's 1996 debut album, Sweet 16. Girl walking down the street Seemed like the kind that I would want to be What should I say? I really don't know But she let me come to the rock and roll show She said, oh. I said, great I can't believe that I really got a dick It's so exciting that this could be it. The one and only girl for me She's my rock and roll girl She's my rock and roll girl Which is for anything in the world She's my rock and roll girl Things were going great, couldn't be better Introduced her to Sydney Leather We started rocking it, grooving real loud And we both got lost in the crowd I caught up with her after the show And oh my gosh, what do you know? She was hanging out with the band And then when she walked down, she was only dancing He stole my rock and roll girl He stole my rock and roll girl Would it treat for anything in the world? He stole my rock and roll girl this 
whole Ramones connection, I mean, it, this was really tight because, you know, really there was an album recorded of covers called Rocket to Ramona, another album called File Under Ramones, meaning to file the album at the record store under that label. And of course, it had the song, I Want to Be a Ramon. Did everybody at that point, again, preceding your era, Josh, did they all really feel that tight a connection to their music? Yeah. It was always the, like going to be Ramones style. The, since the Ramones were broken up, they were like, we want to be the Ramones now, you know, the new whatever. Not, not a cover band, but just basically go out and do what they did musically and just do it the right way. And so it was, you know, all downstrokes and um, just playing things the way the Ramones did. And everyone loved the Ramones. It was in that whole... You know, that was in the band at the time, or early on, and then, and I love the Ramones, that's why I would go see the Huntingtons, because, because uh, you can't, once they broke up in 96, you can't see them anymore, you know? And Joey Ramone actually appeared on one of the songs at one point. Joey, well, he's on the, yeah, he's on this, the recording, we, because we played with him, and he said at the show, like, on stage, he was like, hey, let's hear it for the Huntingtons, and we just kind of took, a, we had that show recorded, so we just took a clip from that and they put it on the um, uh, Pencil Neck song. But we did have plans for Joey to sing on one of the songs that came out on um, the Songs in the Key of You album. But unfortunately he passed away before we recorded that album. So we had talked to him, we, we said we're going to write a song and send it to you and see if, if you like it, you'll sing on it. And the song we planned on doing with him, we never even got to share it with him because he got sick and yeah, it's crazy. Hey, let's hear it for the Huntingtons. We're the, we're the Ramones. Ramones. Okay, so we're not actually the Ramones. Yeah, this is the Huntingtons, and you have discovered the, the antidote. antidote. Yeah. 
There was a pair of songs with that Ramones connection. Pencil Neck with Joey Ramone introducing the band. And the Huntington's cover of the Ramones song, Bonzo Goes to Bitburg. Okay, we're going to hear some more about cover songs from Chris and Josh of Huntington's. Huntington's did covers of Ramones stuff, but you guys also covered a few other bands. You know, we got the beat from the Go-Go's. Wimpy drives through Harlem from the Queers. Has, I mean, there ever been a song the band has wanted to cover but has never done? Like, it was just discussed not too long ago that we were, we were like, we should do Because by the Dave Clark Five and kind of do something that's like really kind of just off the cuff and just like would totally throw people a curveball. I don't know, jo- I mean, again, Josh could probably answer it better than I could, but like current plans, we've all been throwing ideas around like just the other day, I forget what song we were listening to, but Cliff's like, I would love to do that song. Like, we should do that song. And so everybody kind of like spitballs at ideas. And, yeah. But the like, idea of doing... Okay, well, tell you what. Yeah. Do the Dave Park. Yeah. I'm on your pre-order for that, okay? <laughs> yeah, we... we uh, Mike got really into Dave Clark 5 uh, over the past year or so and just listening to them more. And They have some really good vinyls. I have a few of them. Um, they have a lot of good songs. And I'm not a Beatles fan, but... I like the Dave Clark Five, and they sound very much like the Beatles, so I don't know what People ever want to beat on you for saying that you don't actually like the yes. Beatles? Uh, people love to just destroy me on that, but I just I, I just was never a fan. Well, I grew up listening to what my dad listened to, and he had a couple Beatles records, but he never played them. Our house was the Beach Boys, not the Beatles. <laughs> well, I think we got into a discussion yesterday or the day before, and Cliff's like, he doesn't know what the big deal is with the Beatles. And I kind of like, I mean, I don't even know. I don't own a Beatles record. I have a few on my iPod, and that's about it. But it's funny how that band is like kind of people take a step back and they're like, whoa, like the Beatles aren't a big deal to you? Like, especially if you're a musician, it's just like expected. But I don't think any of us are really like big Beatles fans. I, mean, I had to ask about that because I fall into that same category. It's like Beatles, yeah. You know, do you have some? Yeah, I have a little bit. Yeah. I had a few records that were my dad's, and I had other ones I just was, I don't know, somehow acquired. But then my one of my best friends, Wes, is a mega Beatles fan, and he was looking through my records. He's like, oh, you have Sgt. Peppers? Are you kidding me? I'm like, no, you have it. You can have it, man. That thing's not touching my needle. Take it. <laughs> and uh, so I gave it to him. I gave him all my Beatles records. And I'm fine with it. <laughs> okay, so everybody knows now that Huntington's are definitely not going to be doing a Beatles cover. We're not going to do a Beatles song. But um, Dave Clark 5 is a boss, good possibility, yeah. We were approached about doing a cover song for um, our friends in Teenage Bottle Rocket. They were doing a lot of tributes to, to Brandon Carlisle. We were going to do it. And then I guess talks kind of fizzled out once they got a new drummer and once they just kind of kept rolling on. I, it was like all the talk for all these like benefit compilations just kind of like died down because you know they're doing things again and they're on warp tour so that was like the only other time that we really discussed doing a cover you've given all the secrecy away <laughs> man that's yeah. it you're out of the band i know yeah, I hear you're songs done that I, there's some songs that i love so much and i want to cover them or I'm, and i'm like on the verge of just like sending messages to the to the guys and be like guys this song we have to do it but i know that there's no way that it would sound good as a huntington song or you know in that style there's just there's some songs that are just really older songs that um the, yeah, you want something that you can give huntington's flavor yeah. to and so you got to keep that in mind when you start thinking about covers like will it make sense as a huntington song yeah, but then you look back at like all the songs that the Ramones covered. You listen to the original and you're like, who thought? Like, who had that mindset? And I think it was CJ used to say Tommy had that kind of like that vision where it was like you could take the Ronettes, Baby I Love You, and turn it into a Ramones love ballad. Like, who would think of that? Like, so there's ways of doing it. It's just you have to get everybody on the same page. Oh, 
Just something else. The Huntington's cover, Wimpy Drives Through Harlem. And I really do hope that the band does cover because from Dave Clark 5, this is the original. It's right that I should care. Can't you just imagine Huntington's doing that song? Okay, so I've done all this talking about how much Huntington's sound like Ramones, but you guys were an independent band making some killer music. But what made you guys stand out so much? You guys have a huge reputation. I think it's just, you know, it's been a a band for so long, over 20 years. Um, So there's this nostalgic thing that people latch on to and the songs are catchy enough that you remember them and we toured a lot in the 90s and early 2000s it was for me anyway for a few years there that was the only I didn't have a job I just we, we toured and toured and toured and I'd be home for a week and then go back out and that was what we did so we saw so much of the country so often and just made a lot of friends that way and I think that's really what it is if you put in the work then and you do it long enough and people still like you, even though you're just really going out and playing to 100 to 200 people tops like every night. But, yeah. uh, but I also think in the same breath, it's like the Huntington's are one of those bands that outlived all the trends, all the bands that 10 years ago that were playing at Cornerstone or 15 years ago or whatever that are, were punk bands back then are now, you know, indie hipster acoustic acts or whatever. Not even, or not even yeah, doing it, or just like hung it up, you know. Like the Huntingtons were always there, even though there was a long break in between. You come back and almost like I, w- I don't want to say reinvented because there's really nothing reinvented out of it. The band never swayed from what they did day one, so there's that level of respect from you know bands that have come and gone. And honestly, the fact that you know the band's been endorsed by guys like ben weasel and joe queer and joey ramone and cj ramone and you know that whole group 
kind of adds that element of like respect that you know not a lot of bands get so there's that too but yeah i definitely think it's the bands outlived the trends we still dress like it's the band started you know it's like nothing's really changed got it right on that track growing up is no fun here's another awesome song samantha doesn't want me
I gotta close with a key question. There's been a long, long time running internet rumor about the Huntingtons that says that the Ramones thought Huntingtons did the Ramones sound better than they did themselves. So this is it, time for the truth. <laughs> the Ramones thought that? Loaded is saying that? <laughs> this is this is internet rumor. <laughs> if it's the internet, that's gotta be true. Yeah, So anything you read on the internet's true. So yeah, we're better than the Ramones ever were. No, I'm just kidding. I'm joking. No, um, well, the the quote that we heard, um, like Mike and I were standing there, and we heard Hilly Crystal at CBGB's after after we did a sound check with Joey Ramone before we did that show. We were just kind of hanging around, and he wasn't talking to us, but he was just he said to one somebody else that worked there, he's like, those guys that just did that with Joey, they they sounded better than the Ramones did. And we are like, did you hear what Hilly just said? And Mike and I were just kind of like looking at each other like, yeah, wow, can't believe he said that. That's like offensive, why would he say that? <laughs> but it was cool, And but Hilly was the guy that, you know, he had the Ramones on stage first at CBGB, so there's truth to that, to him saying that. I don't know about the Ramones saying anything like that. But, you know. There will never ever be a band that's better than the Ramones. The Ramones are the greatest band of all time. We could never perfect their sound because they perfected it. We can only hope to pay tribute to it. Really. You're such a Th robot. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. That's like the way we feel. And that's the way I feel at least. I don't think there's another band on the planet that's that's that plays that style of music better than I think the Ramones are the best band of all time. But, Man, you are obsessed, aren't you? <laughs> no, I'm not obsessed. I just think that's it. I think I'm you know you're stuck on an island, you get one band have their whole collection forever it would, would go would be the Ramones yeah, I would pick would the Beach, Beach Boys, Boys yeah because yeah. there's way more yeah, there's so many deserted Beach, islands there's so many Beach well, what Boys if you're, what if you're locked in a Queens apartment and you can't leave for the rest of your life you're in Queens New York what's the difference an island or an island you know you're listening to Beach Boys it's yeah. like more appropriate to listen to the Beach Boys on a deserted island than it would be the Ramones it but is. they had some surf songs I would say all right, fine, Beach Boys. <laughs> Definitely not the Beatles, though. Yeah. Well, why don't we just spend a whole night? Yeah, we'll, we'll abuse you and we'll play Beatles, and then we'll, we'll lighten up by playing some Beach yeah. Boys. No, I, I don't know. I just think that there there will never be a better punk band, punk rock band, than the Ramones. Back seat, the generous TV, 
Huntingdon's with I Don't Want to Save the World. And before that, Blitzkrieg Bop, another Huntingdon's cover of a classic Ramon song. Next week on The Antidote, we're going to carry on this punk theme, but come at it from a way different sound and style. The hardcore punk of Household has been drawing a lot of attention, and you'll get to find out why on our next episode. Vocalist Josh Gilbert speaks with me about how he almost lost his voice and how that radically changed the band's sound. Be sure to tune in The Antidote next week for the music of Household. Now, I realize that not everyone may like the Ramones, and I guess that the Huntingdons knew that too. You'll hear about it on their song, Jeannie Hates the Ramones, after the last of our talk with the band. Have a great week. Okay, now that you've sold everybody in the Ramones, try to sell us some music from Huntingdons. Where do people find it? iTunes. Spotify, go on there, and it's everything's on there, but not you know that doesn't you get point zero zero zero. We get nothing. Yeah, I think Cliff put a lot of stuff on there, like out of his own pocket, and he said that he gets almost enough in return to like cover the cost of having it up there. So it's so it's worth it for him because he wants it up there. And so you know, I'm I'm all about like. You know, if you can find a free version, download it. I don't care. Like, you could also come to a show. Kids, listen. When a band comes through, you go see them. Chances are they're gonna have stuff for sale. Right. Go out, get off your butts, and go see a band play and buy their albums directly from them. That's the best way. Yeah. We actually have vinyls too. Well, we have one vinyl of our first album. We have Sweet Sixteen, <laughs> which neither of us were on. So, but it's a good album, and you should get it. And you're going to let that vinyl touch your record player. I would play that one, yeah. I'm a fan of that record. I think if we, you know, whenever the next thing gets recorded, I just want it to come out on vinyl and digital. Like, you can download it, you can stream it, however you want to do that, but I think it should also be available on Everybody's putting cassettes out now, though. Yeah, cassettes are coming back, which I think is really weird because I haven't seen a cassette player in forever. Yeah, and there's a reason that nobody uses cassettes anymore, but for some reason that's making a comeback. I I don't know. Why don't you put it out on mini disc and also on eight track? Yeah, yeah, we're gonna put out a yep. It'll be on eight track. Um, what other uh, out of date archaic? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I I think it's weird when bands do that. I I don't know why, but maybe it's super cheap and it's a collector's thing. I don't. So it's time to go and let Mikey and Cliffy out of the cage and get ready for the show. Yeah, yeah, they're they're probably just, I don't even know what they're doing right now, but there's really no getting them out of the cage. It's just like dragging them up on stage. It's just like, all right, guys, let's go. Like, Cliff's ready to go to sleep at like 8 o'clock at night, so the fact that we're playing like earlier than midnight tonight, he's thrilled about because he's really old, you know? <laughs> Thanks go to Huntington's for coming, talking with the antidote. Guys, have an awesome show tonight. Thank you very much for having us, man. Appreciate Thanks, it. Thanks, Dave. Yeah, this was a lot of fun. <laughs> Yeah.
Did it hate the rap? 